0: everyone, and welcome to another episode of the LaRouche Rugby Podcast. My name is Dan Murphy, and with me always is the wonderful Derek Persett and the fantastic Stu Hardy. Gentlemen, I am, I'm fired up to talk about the East because I think it's a, just a much more complex situation when we, when we look compared to the Western Conference. Um, we have a lot more uncertainty because, I mean, half of these teams are new. I mean, five games new, right? So I think we're going to have a lot of fun kind of diving into it. But we do have a little bit of news uh, to, to go into first.
1: I, d- I just want to say, too, that when we do this East preview, if you can't tell based on our attire, this will be a 100% non-biased episode. Um, <laughs> not like we, we look at all teams. We're treating all teams equally. There's no, <laughs> no favoritism here at all. Um, So it uh it should be good. It should be good. Lots of exciting teams in the East probably a better better conference pound for pound than the west so should be a lot of fun and absolutely no bias
0: <laughs> yeah if, if, to be very clear we did not plan this this was not <laughs> something that we where we text each other in group chat wear as much arrow stuff as you can no i just
1: the only happened. the only clothing i own now is is rugby
0: stuff so oh it's slowly becoming that yeah, exactly. That's the between that that lion sweater i wore in the last episode and all the arrow yeah. stuff it's starting to just get out of hand
1: yeah, exactly. Well, then your your background also just brightly prominent Harold's logo. I'm sure that's that's a coincidence. What in Canada too? Your background, I missed the this, Pokemon posters and stuff though, man. Oh,
0: those got those got sent away. Those are like we sold one of them. They're gone. That's a it's a shame. It's going to be the new the new quote unquote studio. I'm going to fill this wall with a bunch of rugby stuff, so Oh,
1: you're growing you're up. Looking I'm,
0: forward to going it. Going to be, it's going to be a like growing uh, uh minutia of rugby stuff slowly, but surely. All right, guys. Well, speaking of growing, um, World Rugby has kind of dropped a uh, fantastic, but uh, a bombshell nonetheless. They have announced that in 2023, uh, a year after the pushed back uh, World Cup, they are announcing a new um, women's 15s tournament. They're calling it the W15 tournament. Um, They're investing um, uh, 6.4 million I don't know if that symbol is pounds or euros. So I'm assuming it's pounds, Stu. You'll have to confirm that for me.
2: Let me just use my Britishness to find out. <laughs> uh, that's the, if I can't see it, it's therefore been affected by Brexit and therefore it's a euro. <laughs> uh, let me just check. And I say that just because I think uh, the governing body is in I feel like- uh, Europe, but it is 6.4 million British pounds. It it may be because the articles from BBC.com Maybe Maybe. But it's a good amount nonetheless
1: I feel like like, Don't don't you watch enough rugby To know the difference between a pound I'm
2: sorry they don't talk finance In
0: the middle of a scrum, (laughs) Derek They always, what are we talking about?
1: What do you mean? We don't talk about finance and rugby. The biggest story of last year, you guys keep ripping on me because a certain team spent a little too much money. And all
0: I just hear the million. I don't hear the pounds or the euros anyways, whatever. So this competition is going to have three tiers, which I think is the biggest um, part about this new tournament Um, offering consistent international test match opportunities to 16 teams, to help them prepare for the 2025 World Cup, which will be expanding um, as well, uh, going to 16 teams for 2025, which is a big, big point. I think the big, the the really, really awesome part about this is this is going to be. You know exactly what's going to be happening every season. You know what you're going to be ramping up for. Really, the only tournament that that goes on every year is the Six Nations. Other than that, there's there's no other consistent women's tournaments. They have there are test matches, but they're always kind of sporadic throughout the year. Um, so this is something that that um, supporters of women's rugby have been saying: we need to have consistent test matches and tournaments for high level teams so they can get the reps in and get better. You know, one of the things that that the naysayers of, of women's sports always say is that's not. It's not entertaining entertaining, or it's not the same level as the men's counterpart. Well, it's not going to get better if we don't give them the test matches. So this is a, a great opportunity for it. And um, in terms of Canada's situation, um, they are going to play into a play-in tournament with the U.S., New Zealand, and Australia. And it's just a round robin. You play everybody. And then the top three teams move into what's called the top tier, uh, which will uh, uh, be three out of the four teams from that qualifier, basically, will then play the top three teams from the women's six nations. And then that will be the top tier tournament. And then the loser of, of um, I call it the oceanic North American qualifier. Pacific. Pacific qualifier, thank you. Um, we'll then go to the second tier with a bunch of other uh teams. So it's, it's, I want to hear your guys' opinion because I just talked a lot about this and how I am excited about it. Um, the big thing for me that worries me a little bit is that um, there won't be any relegation after the first round, which it being only two years towards the world cup, I think that 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 kind of doesn't reward teams like Spain who like have a really strong women's program and really should be in the six nations. Um, but anyways, I, I want to hear how you guys feel about it because it is brand new. There are still a lot of questions about it. Um, but how important is an investment like this for, for, uh, rugby across the
2: world? I think it's a fantastic opportunity for a lot of these teams to now be able to, um, you know showcase their talents consistently so by having this competition between Canada the US Australia and New Zealand because it's quite easy for you to think of like the Canadian men's team and think like oh no here comes the slaughter here comes Canada finishing last but for the women's team Canada is usually one of the top 3 teams in the world playing in the women's game uh, unfortunately, the other top team is New Zealand and the Black Ferns. So, but you know, you have that like high quality performance that is now going to be happening at least once. Ideally, if this tournament works, then it can be uh, replicated as like a warm up tournament in um, 2024 as well, and then you can get consistent games with Australia and New Zealand and the US, obviously that is yet to be seen but with the expansion of the women's world cup there needs to be a guarantee of more game time and if there's more game time then hopefully there'll be fans in attendance and more revenue and that hopefully will lead into more revenue for the women's game both um for these national teams and then for the 2025 world cup as well so yes 6.4 million may sound a lot to us it may not sound a lot to you know, the financially minded, like say Bill Webb, for example, but, you know, we have to start somewhere. And, and at this point, I feel that as soon as they say, yeah, we can have attendance for sports back in Canada again. I think a lot of people just go to the game just to be able to, you know, experience live sports again. So, man, how great would
0: it be to have, have that tournament in Canada?
2: How oh, huge, huge. Australia, New Zealand, the US, It'd be yeah. amazing. Have a double header at BMO Field. I think that would be fantastic. Oh yeah,
0: or like wherever the arrows are playing that 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 year, have yeah. you know arrows in the morning, arrows at arrows at one o'clock, and
2: then the women play in at, at night. That'd yeah. be crazy. Yeah, but yeah, but that, that's what we mean. As in, like, we're already talking about like the future possibilities of what this tournament can bring. And, th- and we're just talking about the prelim to this tournament we're not even talking about the tournament proper because <laughs> okay uh, there's a 75% chance that Canada will be f- then facing the top three teams in the six nations well which means England and two other teams so i think that having and then I'm going to go against, I'm going to say that not having relegation for this tournament is going to be beneficial because from an investment point, you want to see how well this can do, even if it's only going to be for two years. And the top tier not having relegation is more for that financial sense. So you know that you'll be having your teams or those national teams facing um, home and away fixtures. Possibly, I'm again. It's very early days. We're not entirely sure how the structure of this tournament will be, but I think like having that financial security for two years, and then saying like, "Well, that worked well, so now we're going to have promotion and relegation," and we're going because Spain's knocking on the door at uh, number six, and you know we want to give them a shot. I think we there are going to be some negatives, obviously. We don't know how um, COVID and the pandemic is going to pan out. Hopefully, it's not going to take as long as getting to 2023 for things to be finalized and sorted out, but you never know. So I think uh, keep the level-headed us for the time being, but I'm seeing the net positive so far, and it looks amazing.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm just stoked for uh, Canada the United States to be in the same pool as uh, the Black Ferns in Australia every mm-hmm. single year um i think that's gonna be awesome and i look forward to watching it i hope it works out well i think like Stu, you kind of mentioned i think just um just getting regular game time against top level competition is the most important thing it's you know a regular international test calendar for a lot of the women's teams hasn't r- really been a thing up until this point so it's nice to see that we're uh, working towards it once the world goes back to normal and uh, the world cup is finished
0: And the really cool thing that they're hoping to do, I mean, they're not guaranteeing anything, but they want to make it free to watch. You know, they want to be free to consumers to bring more women and girls into rugby is what the chief executive of uh, World Rugby said. So that would be an amazing... Cool. And we're going to talk about. So say, free, speaking free of free to, to watch, Dan, Dan, free to watch, Dan. <laughs> Dan, to watch. Take advantage <laughs> of it. Make it a free to watch. All right, fine. You know what? Let's let's. Perfect, at segue. Right yeah. Perfect segue. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad you thought of that all by yourself. <laughs> speaking <laughs> of uh, free to watch, um, since the time we last recorded, uh, MLR announced that they are going to have a free to watch um, service for fans to watch their games that are out of. Um, Uh, geo blocking. So for our example would be, we would be able to watch all of the arrows game or all the non arrows games um, because TSN has the rights to the arrows in Canada. Um, And that launched today with, with the branding and everything. I've got the app downloaded on my phone. Um, The rugby network um, in conjunction with the rugby pass launched today. So uh, for all of our Canadian listeners, you, you will be able to watch all of the non arrows games uh, most will be available live and the highlights and articles are there. Um, they've already like dumped a bunch of their their like documentaries. Like I was cleaning the dishes I was watching the Paul Mullen documentary about how he was stuck on an island like off the coast of Ireland. Like that is just a crazy story. Um It's really great. I think it's a really, really great step. And we, they talked about with, with, uh, with some of their other partnerships that they've done that they wanted to make this app for fans to be kind of a one-stop shop. Um, do you guys think they've succeeded in this? How do we feel about this, this app and the process and still free to watch, which is, uh, after going from Facebook to this? I, I was at work for,
1: for most of today, so I haven't really had too much time to like poke around the actual app um, or the website. But like I, I, I obviously like I visited it. It looks cool. I like how I like seeing all like those rugby pass documentaries, Dan, that you alluded to. Um, There was a bunch of articles already up there. It looked like Pat Clifton um, wrote a bunch of season previews for every team. Um, which is great to see especially since like right now it's like it seems to be like the only like new new news articles um on the website and it's like so like i mean if you are a new fan and stuff it's a real quick and easy resource to go to learn a, learn a thing or two about each of the 12 franchises in the league heading into the season um so i thought that was really well done and i mean it looks cool it looks cl- like it looks clean it looks um uh, you know it looks what like you would expect out of a professional major professional sports league in um like in north america to put out as far as like a streaming service goes um so for that like i'm excited for it i can't you know it's obviously this is match week now um you know so i'm super stoked for it i love the idea of also having the replays up um that's got to be a key thing i think with the mlr with like the, what they did with youtube and facebook being able to watch the games whenever you want especially since like as we kind of see like the schedule on saturday there's a lot of games that are overlapping um mm-hmm. so i mean it's it is nice i know like maybe not every single fan's gonna do it but i'm sure there's a lot of people that are uh, gonna go back and you know do their best to maybe watch every game in its entirety so having the replays and stuff i think is great um i am very curious to see especially with like like where you're geo blocked so for us the arrows games but also like you know i'm, I'm curious to see how fast the replays go up after just out of a sheer curiosity thing um not really i just want to I'm, I'm just wondering how fast they're actually going to be up is it going to be like you know 15 minutes after the final whistle or do you have to wait a day or two um so i'm i'm not too sure um so i'm just kind of curious to see what happens with that it's not really a criticism or anything it's just wanting to know what happens with that but um, other than that it looks good like uh, I think I said when I was like the uh, the Dallas Jackals brand reveal I'm a big fan of green and black so whole app is green and black so well done on the uh, the color combination there Um, but uh, yeah I think there's a lot to be excited about I want to see you know um, and they also announced that they were doing that like all access show on Fox um, so it's nice to see the MLR kind of going out and start, you know, creating a lot of their own content and stuff to, to be a little bit, to be more engaging with their fans. So um, I think it's a great step forward for the league ultimately.
2: Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Uh, I agree with everything that Derek said. Um, and for all our international listeners and viewers on uh, YouTube is that you can use this app and you will have the benefit of having access to all the matches whilst uh, we will be uh, geo-blocked for those of us in North America. I think it may also like say a precedent and say that, oh, we have. So if um, MLR goes to, say, the UK, for example, and says, oh, we have a viewership of um, however many hundreds of thousands using our app that are located in the UK, uh, Sky Sports, BT Sports, do you want to buy the rights um, for live games, which they say, yeah, sure, here's a few 100 million hopefully um and then it can be a case of like the app may get geo-blocked in certain countries but you know more money into the league is obviously a good thing it seems to be following on to similar things in other sports like other professional sports like the um nfl app i think also includes like highlight packages i'm don't i'm not entirely sure about entire game replays but obviously you know, this is a rugby uh, podcast, not an American football podcast. So
1: just just be better than the NHL one, and I'm happy.
2: That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's um, the bar, if you hit th- that bar, I'm happy. I'm happy. I think one of the big things for new fans would be, and you mentioned this, Dan, is like they have the documentaries that are already on that are the you know essentially like Rugby Pass originals. But if there could be more focused um, accounts to MLR, for example, a certain Canadian team being the uh, outsiders to an all-American league would be uh, definitely one that I'd be interested in watching. They should do like, like,
0: HBO, like
1: follow the arrows this like,
2: season. I feel
1: like that stuff would
2: be coming. Like, I don't know if that'd be... The, it,
1: yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, and if, the, if they're going to invest in the fact, like they said, they called it like the rugby network, right? Like it's not just going to yeah. be... The way, the way, at least that it seems like they're talking about it, it seems like it's going to be a lot more than just hey, here's some live games that you can watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean they already kind, of – I think they're already kind of like leaning into that a little bit. We saw, do you guys see the uh, the Rooney video with Ben Foden? Yeah, I was about to mention them? that <laughs> whatever. And he gets is it is it Hermescu that like lights him up like
2: or whatever? Yeah, like, Somebody oh, uh, he, he verbally ball, he right? verbally calls for the ball that all yeah. the players can hear. And then has half a second to react before being absolutely winded. Yeah, oh, it was a it's, g- good hit, man. Er- looks I can good. understand why he says it's his final season of rugby if uh, you take so many of those hits. But yeah, yeah, um, to to get, like, the-
1: this is practice. Oh my god, I got to play. I got to play the Legion on Monday or on yeah. Saturday. Why did I say Monday? Whatever, Saturday. Um,
2: to get back on the point, it does seem that this is again. it's another like net benefit. Uh, for rugby as a whole, uh, for the league, um, I think there may be like a few teething problems to begin with, but that's what happens with any like new um, technological enterprise. But ultimately, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to having for sure. all the highlights in one place. I think that yeah, it's going to be great. Well you know, in
0: terms of media as well, uh, MLR have announced that in partnership with Fox Sports. They're going to have MLR all access, which will be a 30 minute review show weekly, which is fantastic. You know, on Fox sports, it's a great um, advertising, you know, little tool to get people again, learning more about MLR and the weeks that were and showing highlights. You want that kind of stuff. Um, the arrows itself actually also announced that they're doing a pre-game and post-game show. Uh, they announced it on their kind of season uh, preview party, uh, but they've now officially announced it on their social media as well. So, fantastic scene on individual teams and also the league putting their their weight behind uh, media as well so excited about that um, and before we get started into the previews um there was a uh, like late, late night well late night to me because I'm an old man uh, uh an, announcements of some uh players leaving the Seattle Seawolves and they're two pretty big players one of them is Canadian Brock Stoller who um, thanks to uh, some, some uh, research from Reddit, uh, he announced on the Seawolves fan page that he's actually retiring and staying in Canada, which uh, we wish Brock the best of luck. You know, he is the highest scoring Canadian in MLR. He holds that title for now. Um, so we appreciate everything that he's he's done. Two-time MLR champ. Uh, good luck in retirement, Brock. Um, he's... Uh, Teammate in that second championship, Stefan Coates has also left the Seawolves. i um, not too clear about why he's leaving, but in the COVID world, there really are a, a lot of reasons why uh, players are deciding not to leave their, their home countries or or take up rugby again. Um, guys, this is kind of changing how we... I know, Tarek, this is changing how you felt about the Seawolves' chances going to next season. I know for sure... Those are two big pieces and, you know, they've, they've got, they've added another hooker, a Namibian hooker. And apparently there's, there's rumors that a Japanese winger might be joining the team. I mean, they you know, you can put Ross Neal on the wing. They, they've got a bounty of center. So maybe they put Ross there for now, but like, these are big, big pieces to lose or to announce that you've not, you don't have right before the season starts.
1: Yeah, I think obviously Coetzee and Stoller, two key cogs on that team. Um, It's kind of interesting. Like, I know, like, last year, like, you know, SEMA kind of took, like, when SEMA came back from his injury, he kind of took, like, the kicking duties away from Stoller a little bit. And I mean, when you're going 13 for 13, I mean, you might as well let that guy kick. Um, I mean, it's, I would, anyways. It's a good coaching decision, I think. Um, But, like yeah, so it's like I wonder if if Stuller was gonna have a diminished role a little bit as far as like maybe SEMA was gonna take over that. So I don't know if like I'm not a hundred percent sure if you know they're out like who would be their kicker. Um, they are obviously out one of their top wingers. Um, so I mean if as America's Rugby News kind of reporting, um, or uh, that you know Akito Yamada was coming over here. Um, that obviously lo- softens the blow a little bit. Um, so I, in like, I, and then, yeah, Kotsi, Obert Norche, on uh, 17 caps for Namibia, like, he's a solid hooker too. So, but it's like, it's, it's a hundred percent like a depth hit, like, you keep losing these guys before the season, but, um, you yeah, know, cause they're now down to two wingers or two, sorry, to, uh, two hookers. Yeah. If yeah one yeah, of them gets it, hurt. They're hookers. Um, their wingers, um, are now Buseby and then both, um City Vania and Sulasi um Tamai Tem- Venya. um so both of them wins yeah um they are the they're the wingers now um so if Yamada comes in he probably slots in ahead of probably all three of them um as far as like a depth chart kind of goes but um I guess we'll wait to see um that's a that will be a uh I guess we'll wait to see I don't know um. Do do I back out of my Seawolves are going to make the playoffs prediction from last episode? Um, uh, No, you know what? No, let's go with no, let's go with no. I'll, I'll keep it. I'll Hmm. keep it there. Um, Just because I already said it. So like why no, I can't you can't back Can't them. Go back on your word. Yeah, exactly. I already said I can't I can't take it back
0: now. <laughs> the podcast is
1: already every if it's said on the podcast, you can't go back yeah, on exactly. It. Everybody everybody's gotta deal with injuries this year. It appears <laughs> that almost everybody's dealing with players dropping out last minute. So um yeah, so we'll just I'll I'll keep the faith. I'll keep the faith. So let's uh I'll I'll stick with it.
2: Hmm, interesting.
1: Well not just like they're finishing a, last. <laughs> um,
2: well, I I had them as third and missing the playoffs, maybe. And now, and now you, you know, have them they, what, seventh. Yeah, um, <laughs> well, one thing that interests me is that if uh, Staller announced that he was going to retire, why is it now coming out that they've left the club? I think there's, but then again, this is the That's, same team that. Uh, posted a picture, and then everyone was debating of whether a Seattle uh, Seafood decided if they yeah. he decided to join uh, the Seawolves. Maybe so.
1: that's, maybe that's the move. That's the third hooker coming in, Luke Wilson. <laughs> maybe 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 they. No,
2: he's got to go. be a locker and
0: eight man. I think that he's yeah. too lanky. He can be what he can be. What, he's Luke Wilson. He can be whatever he can he, be wants. he wants.
1: He can be whatever he wants. He uh-huh. can. Uh, Call call up Nate Ebner, get some football to uh rugby. Well he's busy into. with the sevens. He's he's yeah, but well, I mean he's sure you can call him. I mean he's probably no, got five no. minutes. Too busy, too busy. That's big that's big news too, <laughs> that Ebner's coming back for the Olympics. Yeah. Fascinating.
2: Uh but yeah, ultimately I wish um both of them the best. Obviously uh Brock in his new uh career choice whatever that is. We again this is very late news. Right? we haven't been able <laughs> to do like full research into what he's doing. And um yeah, and coats Um yeah, these it's it's just a huge loss for the yeah. Sea wolves, and they've already lost a lot of um players already so I, i've got a feeling uh 2021 may be closer to how they played in 2020 than uh, 2019 yeah.
1: and they lost uh now that i'm thinking about it the uh free jacks they lost uh billy Toletow too right yeah so your so. mv literal mvp hooker gone mm-hmm. and then coatsy has gone so um obert norche he's got some uh some some big big uh, shoes to fill yeah so
0: now billy was 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 playing flanker when he won that mvp oh yes
1: he you're right yes he was playing flanker when he won the mvp all right
0: well mvp and he's
1: was a hooker so mvp it works all right guys make it work on the resume
0: well let's get started with with the previews um we wish uh brock and Stefan the best of luck so we're going to do things a little different than we did last episode, mainly because uh, last episode was long and poor Derek had to do all that editing. So we're going to keep things and poor. And poor everybody else had to listen to it for two. And no, a listen, <laughs> I, I will listen to a two hour podcast. That is not a problem. You just got to listen in bunches. But anyways, so what we're going to do is we're going to...
1: to do it in bunches because it's too long. Man.
0: Oh my God. kid stop. All right. So. We are going to, together as a team, talk about the Arrows. And then each one of us uh, picks some teams to talk about. And uh, we'll answer a few questions. But we're going to keep it light and breezy with the other teams. But look at what we're wearing right now. The Arrows are... As I said, no bias. No bias. (laughs) This is a NOLA
1: gold fan podcast, clearly. (laughs) Look at Stu's gold wall. Dan, I think that you have a gold doorknob back there. This is... Yeah, it's grassy. It's my wall. My wall's kind of, it's beige. It's a shade of gold, I think, right? No, it's the white no, that makes no. it with the gold.
0: <laughs> All right. The Toronto Aeros have an MLR, MLR record of 15 wins, zero draws, and seven losses. Key additions include Gasson Cortez, Marc-Antoine Ouellette, Canadian, uh, Joaquin Tuchelet, Siaki Avikilani, Canadian, Jason Higgins, Canadian-eligible? Yeah. Manuel Montero, Juan Cruz-Gonzalez, Adrian Wadden, Canadian, and Ross Brody, Canadian eligible. Uh, they have, and, and, and again, because they are a Canadian team, we want to mention the non-Canadians. Cortez, Montero, Cruz-Gonzalez, Tuchelet, Thomas De La Vega is back, Manuel Deanna back, Taylor Adams is back, Leandro Livas, Gaston Merez, all back.
1: You don't wanna you don't wanna list off alphabetically every Canadian that the Toronto Arrows have, Dan No, Dan. God, no.
0: <laughs> Time crunch. Stop uh, with the, the, the key <laughs> departures, and we've talked about them on, on the podcast. Sam Malcolm's out, out in Japan, Richie Ayazada is uh with the Queensland Reds, Dan Moore has retired. Now, guys, before uh we recorded, I've been doing a little bit of uh podcast hopping and show hopping, listening to what people feel about what the arrows chances are and everything, every time I see something or read something that comes up about them, the big thing that comes up is about the fact that they're going to be gone from Canada. You know, the additions that they're making, that they've made fantastic Cortez, Montero, Juan Cruz, Gonzalez, Tuchelet of course. um, And some of the young Canadians that they've brought back into the, into the fold, into pro rugby but a lot of people are worried that and, and myself included, and I talked about it with San Diego last uh, episode, but being in Atlanta for a, almost, tw- if they make the playoffs, almost 20 week season, 21 week season, and not being able to see your family, whether that be parents, girlfriends, fiancés, um, wives, children, is i feel it's going to have a big factor and and on the um rugby rant podcast they talked about how in the nba it was such a problem that they had to let families in now they have a lot more money that they can allow to do that i don't think the arrows are going to be able to foot the bill for all the families to come down and and i can't remember which arrow talked about it on but they were on a podcast talking about how it's going to be hard pardon me Rumball, MLR kickoff. Was kind maybe, of maybe. Weird. But they talked about how having th- uh, spouses or whomever come down and visit is going to be really hard to do because no matter how long they stay, they then have to isolate in Canada for two weeks. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you chalk up two weeks onto however long they stay. So even if they stay for a week, it's two weeks, that's three weeks. And unless you have a job, That works from home. Like that is taking a whole lot of time out of your, you know, your job or your schooling or whatever. So that is a really tough pill to swallow to say, Hey, you guys are going, you know, down to Atlanta. You're not going to be able to see your family. And we're going to put you in a hotel first and then we'll figure it out from there. And maybe if, if things change in Canada, if the vaccine rollout is effective, we'll get back up to Canada, which the way that things are going in Ontario doesn't look like we'll be able to go back i have been, been a pessimist and that's how things have really turned out for the arrows um so do you guys think that starting in atlanta will be a major issue for the arrows we do know that they do have a track record of they went that that crazy st- stretch in their first season away from home but they also got to go back home you know, they got to go back home to their family. They got to go train in their own facilities. They, you know, like they got to go back and recharge their batteries with their families. This is a whole different animal. Yeah. I I, want to hear what you guys here think about this, because I think it really is going to have an effect on the arrows.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously it's going to have an impact on the season. Um, I think to me when, like the mental health aspect of it, as we heard, like we heard like the NBA players, NHL players being like, you know, being, being in a bubble, being like, like you said, away from the families and all that um, it can definitely be a cha- uh, challenge and stuff, especially like, you know, for the arrows and stuff too. It's like, what are you, what are you going to do on like an off day or anything? Like, are you going to be able to go out and do something? Um, we know, we know the boys are pretty fond of call of duty, but I mean, you could probably only play so much call of duty in a hotel room. Um Right. So I, I am curious to see how how they actually do handle that. Um, the mental health aspect of it is probably gonna be a challenge. Um, as it would be with anybody that's gonna end up being in that situation. Um, but at the same time, like I know a lot of Aeros players have talked about I'm gonna try to put this positive spin on the fact that they're in a bubble here, um, or the fact that they have to be in Atlanta because Dan is pessimistic. I am quite optimistic,
0: the exact opposite of what Dan is um but- i'm also uh, like sorry derek i'm also in a different stage of life than you you know like sure. i have a child and a wife that like i am a part of their life like you know, i they rely on me to be part of their 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 yeah. Yeah, no, that's living true. situation like it's re- one of the reasons why um uh rob brower isn't joining the team
1: yeah, and I think I think Brow, Brower is a loss, and I think like if they're able to get him back, like if the border reopens, that'll be huge for their team. Um, obviously, with Brower being gone and Asieta going to Queensland, right? So that's going to be Cole Keith switching over to loosehead, um, and I think Keith was arguably the best tighthead prop in the league last year. Um, I think the only guy that you could argue was better than him was Dino Waldron, and I think you're going to lose that argument, um, but. You know Keith switching over to loose head, which he has played before, but obviously that's an interesting storyline for the team. How well does he adapt to that? Pat Lainot is a great is a great backup to have. Um, And but it's like that'll be your two loose head props, right? And then they're going to have Cortez, Roland, and Ulet on the tight head side. Hooker stays the same, so the front row is still solid if shifted around a little bit. Um, I think that's going to be part of the thing that does kind of help them to right. Cause we've always talked about how the arrows are the deep deepest team in major league rugby. It's going to get tested a little bit this year. Uh, we know they're taking a squad of like 31 guys. There'll be a couple guys going to like pride based on silver thorns interview um, on MLR kickoff as well. Um, so depth's going to be tested, but back to like, I think back to the bubble thing um, like, when the arrows were on that eight game road trip um like a lot of players kind of talked about how that helped team bonding and helped the team like gel together which is you know helped toward the end of the season um so i think like if you could take it like that that could be another that could be a little bit of a boost when you like you have to spend almost every waking moment with your teammates you know what i mean like you it can it can be a big bonding factor um the other thing like and I know, Dan, Dan, I completely agree with what you're saying, like mental health-wise, being away from your family and stuff is going to be tough. But I think if you were to, like, take a, like, non – I guess maybe, like, I want to say, like, a, almost like a non-emotional, like, just analytical look at it, which is probably not the greatest thing to do in this kind of situation when you're obviously dealing with human people and um, mm-hmm. emotions and stuff. Um, the Arrows are one of the best row teams in Major League Rugby um so like we saw that from the road trip and i think the one thing that people maybe forget about that eight game road trip where they went four and four is that coincided with the arc so they did Mm -hmm. that four and four with half their team because they had they had nine guys so nine of your over half of your starting lineup was gone for that road trip um and for most of it and they came out of that four and four now when they got their team back they ran through the league, seven-game winning streak to make the playoffs and all that. Um And I just think, you know, when you look at that, they did that with, like, half their team. They played, you know, we're talking about, you know, Brower being gone. And obviously that's that hurts the team and stuff, but it's like they had, like I said, half their team was missing in 2019 for a good stretch, right? They had games where they... Like they played like the twenty three guys that they had available because it was like that. This is who we have. Like not even a selection process. It's just this is who we have. And they came out of that four and four. Um, they maybe in their minds, I think they feel that they probably could have come out of that like. Um, they probably could have come out of that like six and two in their minds, um, but I mean that. But that's probably fine too. But I think that's where I I look at the Toronto Aeros right now is like they are really great on the road. Um, so if you do have to put them on the road, then like they're going to be successful. Um, they have the depth to deal with anybody that is unavailable to play. Um, fortunately, right now, it is just Rob Brower that has confirmed that he is staying home. But I think they do have the depth to to deal with that. And I think, you know, like you look, I just look back at that 2019 season and be like, they, they did the longest road trip in MLR history with half their team. And they beat they like they beat the San Diego Legion with like a 19. Yes. Like a
0: um, and, and I I I get that. And yeah. Stu, I want to get to you in a second, but I just want to kind of piggyback off of that. Yeah. I think and and, and, and we don't know what the, the situation is like inside their 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 bubble or their, their home in Atlanta, how how much they're gonna be able to see each other. If it's anything like any other bubble that is going on right now, or any other like how the NHL is running their like, their like when you're away and you're in hotels, you're not going to be able to do the hanging out like you did on that road trip. Um, which I think is going to be a big difference from making that those connections, like it's all going to have to be six feet apart masks on if they're allowed to do that. And if they're not allowed to do that, it's going to be all online doing things like call of duty or zoom calls. And like, it's just weird. It's going to be, it's probably going to be weird. I'm not saying it's not going to be weird. What I'm
1: saying though, like, I think what I'm trying to say is that ultimately, like we've seen this team battle through some crazy, crazy long, unrealistic road trips already. And there were, and I just ultimately think they have the depth to do it. And we've seen how well they're able to adapt based on that road trip that they had in the past. And I think ultimately, like if I'm looking at the 12 teams in major league rugby, and I were to be like, we're gonna put any one of those teams, we're gonna put them in a bubble in a, a different country, and that team is still gonna make the playoffs. It's like if you were to be like the pick one team to be able to do that, I would take the Toronto Arrows to do it. Sure. Cause I okay. think that's I think, and I think ultimately like that's going to be the, the, like the mentality and the mindset is, it's like, you know what? We know that this is going to affect them in the hotel. And it's like, I know we'll probably talk about this later, but it's like, do you still think the Toronto arrows are a playoff team? And I know I'm going to spoil a little bit about my view on this, but I still think they're a playoff team, even if they're in a, no matter if they're in a hotel or they're in their own beds, I still think they're a playoff team. Okay. At the end, at the end of the day, um, it is going to be weird. I'm not trying to like diminish any of the mental health aspects of this um because it's going to be weird. It's probably not going to be a whole lot of fun, but um you know, if you can lift a shield at the end of it, then uh it might be it might be all worth it at that. But um that's kind of I guess my take. I think they're the best road team in the league. Stick them on okay. the road for the whole year. Um they might I think they might be able to make it work. Hopefully everyone stays healthy. Stu, how do
0: you how do you feel about this this situation? You kind of seen you've seen two sides of the coin, and this is what I love about Stu is, is he always has a a balanced opinion, or he's going to, to agree with one of us. He's kind of a wild card too.
2: So, as someone who's not originally from Canada, and the last time I saw my family was over a year ago at this point, just um. I understand that there's a difference between knowing that you're going to be away and therefore miss certain events going on, whether that's just with um, your ex- uh, family, your partner or your children, and then actually being absent for it and realizing that you've missed something that, at the time you weren't a hundred percent sure like yeah, you know, it's not it's not important or it's not as important as something else, and then being f- feeling like you're isolated from the rest of everything that's going on because you're not there. Um I think it is going to be difficult. I do, however, think that um even with the vaccination um, effort not being as quick as we would all hope in Canada, it is progressing very well in the United States because the issue isn't with certain States and Ontario it's with Canada as a whole and the United States as a whole. And it's sure. to ensure. So we could hope that, you know, the vaccine, the vaccine rate skyrockets and, the majority of I know, California or um, Atlanta or Utah or Texas are all vaccinated in time. Um, even if they were all vaccinated by the end of next week, which I'm not, but being hypothetical, <laughs> it's that that still wouldn't change the fact that the infection rate is so high across the United States as a whole. I think the mentality that the arrows have taken going in. It's not the complete worst case scenario, which is the entire season's canceled again, but the understanding that it's highly likely that there won't be any games played in Toronto and meaning that they're going to have to be away for the entirety of the season and then the playoffs Again, I'm spoiling my choices
1: of who's going to be making the playoffs. Um, I think I think they're still hopeful that they're going to be able
2: to play. Yeah. Oh yeah. Games yeah. And, you know, um, and that's the thing. It's like there's having what? hope, and then there's, there's having hope. But, okay, but well, that's kind of my point. Yeah.
1: That's, that's my point, though. Is, it makes this. like we're all talking about how it stinks, but then we're also like, they're going to make the playoffs.
2: But that's the thing. If well, you prepare, you're going to prepare for the worst. You have yeah, to prepare. If we, it, listen.
0: Listen. If we went into this season with them playing in Toronto, I would say it's a slam dunk first overall in the the division. Dan's like, yeah, playing Toronto, they go 18 and 0. No, but like, I think they're going to go first overall. I'm saying take this new home into consideration and it suddenly is going to test them in ways that they've never been tested before. And and as similar as it was to 2019, it's it's going to be a very different animal.
1: It will, yeah. it'll, it'll be, it'll be a different beast, but I, I, like I said, I think they can do it. Okay. I do well, like, do we talk about the actual team a little bit or just that they're, that they're
2: in Atlanta?
0: They're good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they are. I, I think, I I think, listen, I think with every, every episode that we've talked about a new signing, we've talked about the same thing about how it's the most, uh, it's the deepest team the deepest, in it's, the it's, East, it's, maybe even in MLR at the moment. I think I think we all know that how we feel about the Arrows. Yeah. Like taking consideration of the new additions, taking in consideration the
0: the chemistry that they have been developing from not only just the last two seasons but uh, with the Ontario Blues program in the, the, the uh, C- uh, CRC they are going to be a strong contender. Absolutely. I have two
1: questions about the team going into the season. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. the first one Is especially since they didn't release any footage of the intra squad game. So Mm. we got nothing to go off. Mm. Um, but much like many other teams, and I think that'll be an that's gonna be an interesting week one thing. The teams that have played preseason games versus the teams that haven't played a game in a year, right? Um, But like I my first question is like, does the attack look any different with Rob Howley's influence? Right. Right. We'll we'll see that. And that's my second question is with Malcolm gone, Tucolet's here, Ferguson's here, Datois here, um, the- Adams, Adams, who's kicking?
2: Yeah, right. That's one, yes. <laughs> two Adams. You think it's NMB Adams? Fair enough. I think it's gonna be think
0: think, what Ditois, I'm not saying, I'm not saying
1: money, man. Like he's actually like he's a really good kicker, man. Um, and even, then, you know we, we talked to, about this
0: You guys I talked think, about this right. with Andrew Ferguson too Right like yeah so that, that Is a big question but that's the question though because even In
1: the and in the Inter squad Game and it's like maybe because they're Playing in the dome and there's the post and You know again from that Andrew Ferguson Interview we heard like the, the story of Them just trying to like Sam Malcolm just Picking off like bars and the in, Like support bars in the Dome or whatever um, But it's like The the intra squad game gave no indication as to who was kicking or like the tweets and the coverage that came from that from the team. It gave no indication as to who the kicker was, right? They they announced that they announced like the guys that scored tries. They reported that, but they didn't give any indication as to what that is. They haven't shown like any of their like social media things. Like they haven't really put out like any sort of indication. So I think going into um, the first game against Atlanta here. Um, but that's a, that's a question that I have about the team, and it's like they're especially
0: a team like Atlanta that you they you know they're so staunch defensively, they're gonna make you kick for points. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. so and that's
1: gonna be gonna step up. That'll be an interesting game too. I think we'll talk about the actual game later, but like, yeah, I think. Uh, but I think that'll be like that's my question, and I think we'll, obviously we'll see the answer to it um versus atlanta but you know maybe we don't maybe it's like maybe they give it to a couple of guys maybe yeah you know let it feel out but um i think ultimately i think we'll we'll kind of see and i mean like yeah like there's a lot of guys that can do it just kind of looking at the back you know the options in the backs even like will kelly um you know can can do it too i mean obviously if you're going to go with the idea that taylor adams is your starting fly half will kelly Maybe isn't your go-to kicker at that point, mm-hmm. um, but there's a lot of guys: Tucole, Gonzalez, DeTois, Kelly Adams. Yeah,
0: lots, lots of options there. A lot. My, 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 big I'm question. My big question is how much. One is how much is Gaston Cortez is going to end up playing, which now sounds like it's going to be a lot. Play because him. it's funny when we when we started this, like when we started talking about Gaston Cortez coming, we're like. Oh, elder statesman, you know, he's got premiership championship experience, you know, um, he's been capped by Argentina. He's going to come over. He's going to help teach these young props like Keith and Linat. And, um, at the time we didn't know about, um, uh, yet, uh, Tyler Rowland, you know, like he's going to teach these guys all about his, his, his technique, what he's worked against all that stuff. Um, and then since the departures of Prower and Asiata, it's like, okay, Gaston. So you're going to be starting um, <laughs> now take that with a grain of salt because not only has Rumball um, talked about it, but also Silverthorne, they both said that Cortez is someone that they're really looking forward to seeing. And, and he's, I think Rumball described him as a beast, you know, he's been a big part of, of their training sessions and stuff like that. So, I'm excited to see what he brings to the team just from his experience. I,
1: and obviously I think like, I'm sure a lot of people too, like two most excited, like the two biggest signings the team made, man, Manuel Montero, Joaquin Tuchelet, Um, They're out of quarantine um, as of yesterday or whatever. And yeah, let's, man, they look good in blue and white. So, I mean,
0: we knew that already because of Argentina, but yeah, they look good in slightly dark white too okay guys well let's let's move on and and here's what's going to happen i now have a timer on my phone and i'm going to time you guys and you guys are going to and myself we are going to give a uh brief update about some of the other teams who you think are you know the exciting new guys how do you think they're going to do and try to give as much information in five minutes as possible and i think we can accomplish this so derek you are on the clock first, my friend, with Rugby United New York. Obviously, the big Rugby United
1: New York storyline right now is that you know Greg Williams has resigned, um, you know, to you know be, be with his wife uh, while she's you know battling cancer. Um, so, I mean, that's that's obviously a probably a tough situation for them. Um, to obviously a tough situation for them to be in. Um, so he's pulling, so he's resigned, um, forwards coach, Marty Veal looks to be taking over as the head coach of the team. So that's obviously just a big change to go through two weeks away from the start of the season. Um, as far as obviously Canadians on the team, we got Quinn, Nawati um, f- coming over from the Pacific pride and the Toronto Wolfpack. Um, so, you know, first Canadian
0: I- on the team ever.
1: First Canadian on Rooney. Yes, he's the first Canadian on Rooney. Um, but he's also the first – well, he's not – actually, no, he's not. Ryan Burroughs played for Old Glory. I was going to say he's the first Wolfpack player in MLR. But, <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, but either way, so Nowadi I think will be interesting because it's like, obviously, he's a very powerful uh, ball carrier, able, one of those guys that can run around you just as easily as he can run through you. And, but he's, he's got, uh, they got centers in New York. So they got Matina no, Lockyer and Leonard. Um, so he might have to kind of prove himself in that little bit of that lineup. Um, Rooney did add a lot of they did add a lot of big names or whatever, like Samu Tawake, Zach Tofalo, um, Andy Ellis, 28 cap all black, 154 cap Crusaders, World Cup, two super rugby titles. The resume goes on and on. Everybody gets, you know, everybody gets all excited about guys like Giddo and Adam Ashley Cooper lately, but um, yeah, one of the uh, the key all black scrum halves um, in like you know their reign of terror um, is over here. He's going to be part of a new halfback combination with Dan Hollingshead, who comes over from Bay of Plenty. Also plays has played a couple Hurricanes games in Super Rugby too. Um, so there's it's it's a loaded roster. Obviously the big the one of the biggest names both in size and um, you know. Stature, I guess, is coming in. Nick Savetta returns to US rugby here. Um, so Savetta, breakley is your locks. That's an absolutely unreal combination. My only issue with the team, and I think they did a lot of really good things in their pack, um, because I think they I, I think their scrum left a little bit to be desired last year. Um, and I think if you want to compete with the big teams, especially in the Eastern Conference, because there's some packs in the East, um, you kind of had to do it. So I like the upgrades that they got. They got Robolo, they, um Wilton Robolo from Brazil, uh, to follow. I already mentioned. Um, obviously, Savetta line-out machine, line-out monster. He's probably going to be one of the best in the line-out at that. My only concern with the team, like actually looking at the way the team is constructed, my one concern, and it's a hypothetical concern. So that's why it bothers me that it's a concern because it's a completely hypothetical situation. Is those rumored Eagles test matches in the. Summer. Oh, yeah. yes. That's my only concern with this team. Um, you look at New York, like, what is New York going to do if, they, if scary gold comes through and be like, I'm taking Brakely, Savetta, Hermesize? Uh Samisin, Faucet, faucet Um, you know what? Hey, we want to make sure uh Argentina doesn't cap uh Benjamin Bonasso either. Um, so we're taking him. Um, you you got some like that there's gonna be some holes, man. Like, I don't know what you're gonna do. You gotta like clone Kara Pryor. Like, I'm not <laughs> I'm not sure what you're I'm not sure what you're gonna do if that is the case. Um, beyond that, so it's like maybe there's a little bit of a lack of depth just in sheer numbers in the pack in New York. But like the actual pack, like if they get to if they get to roll um James Rochford, one of the best props in the league, Dylan Fawcett, one of the best hookers in the league, um, you know, Samu Tuwake or Wilton Raballo, you know, um they're gonna be new, but we'll see the impact that they have. They come up with some pedigree. Or I mean Raballo comes over from Austin, so we kind of know what he's got. Um, but they that'll be an unreal front row. Brakely, Savetta, find a better four-five in the league anywhere. Um and then yeah, like Hermesi Summise Kara Pryor, could Cara Pryor be on the bench? Like, are you good enough to have Cara Pryor come on the bench? Who knows? And then obviously you have Minturn and Banassa uh at eight. So it's like that's your pack, man. That's good. Um, it's just you know, do do the Eagles do the Eagles impact it a little bit? Um, and then uh yeah, that, that about that about sums it up.
0: That about sums up my uh both my what I like about the roster and my concerns. You that was tidy, nice job, Derek. All right, Stu, you are next up with the New Orleans Golds. NOLA Golds. Go.
2: Okay, so NOLA Gold, one of the OGs of MLR. Um, They've had a pretty average record in MLR, 15 wins, 0 draws, 14 losses in the regular seasons. Um, They've got some big names coming. I think some of the biggest including uh, JP Duplessis, uh Stephen McLeish, Pato Tool, Brian Nort, Andrew Guerrera, Devin Short, Kim Barry, Damien Stevens, Timothy Gulliman, Keanu Andrade, Juan Capiro, and Kyle Rogers. Um, and to bring it back to our completely non-biased approach, uh, Canadians in the team, uh, very low, only two, I'm afraid. Uh, But one of them is the captain, which is Eric Howard, who is a hooker, and uh, well-known Canadian lock, Kyle Bailey. And sadly, there's only been one confirmed departure, and it's a Canadian, and that's Lindsay Stevens has left for the bright lights of Los Angeles. Um, And I say departures because there's a player that would have been playing for New Orleans Gold, Um, But tragically, we know that uh, Sean Riley is not with us anymore. And the events of his passing are just heartbreaking. He turned 30 on January the 12th this year. He was hospitalized the next day and announced dead on the 26th, uh, just two weeks after that. It's um, not only that, some of the players' parents have um, died during this off season as well. This team has been forged now in tragedy and adversity. And that's their drive now going forward into the new season. If you've seen any sports movie, this is the moment where the team brings itself together and pulls out the, you know, Hollywood ending performance. I know there's a team near Hollywood, but this may be the Hollywood team for 2021. This is a year in which they can drive to do well to honor those that they have lost. Um, Now to talk on a subject matter, which is the complete opposite of Toronto's going to a new location, um, having to get new uh, operations in place. The gold have actually been very productive over the off season with their grounds they are now the permanent tenants of what was known as zephyr field or the shrine on airline uh it's now probably gonna be rebranded as the gold mine and uh, they're moving all operations to the stadium now this that means they can also use the field for practice sessions training essentially making a bespoke training environment so what does that mean for 2021 um well If you look at their record from 2020, it was similar to the arrows at the start of 2019. It was a win and a loss and a win and a loss. And now they seem to have everything in place for a full development going forward in the long term. So what we could actually be seeing here is the start of a a NOLA renaissance, if you will. Um, Everything now seems to be clicking together for them they've got like I said some big signings Damien Stevens I've seen play in uh for Namibia in the World Cup the only player for Namibia to score against uh the All Blacks in 2019 so you know he's got a boot on him to say the least so he may be you know doing kicking duties as well as scrum half duties as well or winger duties because he's uh, that versatile and that quick um it's going to be interesting to watch obviously from like an arrows perspective we know that uh, nola is the one black mark but i'd say keep an eye out for nola gold i think they can really bring the power for the 2021 season
0: i you know i still remember kind of their their collapse of 2019 you know they were yeah. the the ta- you know they were the, the top dogs for most of 2019 and then with like a month left in the season you know like they just kind of skirted downwards you know they studied they, so well last season yeah so they lost
2: just... the last four games of 2019 and three of them were seven points or fewer
1: yeah it's tough yeah. they had they they had they scored a lot in that that season they were like a very high flying high power mm-hmm. offensive team um they ran the, the as the season wore on, they ran into trouble stopping tries too. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, 2020,
2: like they, they did, they did look really good
1: in 2020. So, um. Oh
2: yeah, it's like their opening game was uh, 46-13. They
1: yeah, they made new old glory look like they should be reconsidering joining the league, and then old glory bounced back and won four games in a row. But. Whatever.
0: All um, right. Well, I'm up next talking with the only team I'm going to talk about. Um, for good reasons, because I'm not very smart. Uh, I'm going to be talking about the New England Free Jacks, starting now. Uh, The Free Jacks have gone uh, through a a lot of different changes. Um, They announced a new head coach in Ryan Martin from Otago and the Mitre 10 uh, circuit. Uh, He is bringing with him a whole bunch of... uh, Otago players and also play just players in general from the Mitre 10 cup. They're really trying to pull experience from that pool. Um, you know, they've had some big signings, uh, uh, Tara and Tembu from uh, the sharks, um, in South Africa, he's signed to a long-term contract till 2023. Um, we mentioned it earlier, uh, Vili Tolatahu is uh, joining the team from the Seawolves. He is predominantly going to play playing hooker. Um, alecky Morris uh, Loam, um, center from Otago, is going to be a uh, interesting one. Dougie Fife, um, Scotland Sevens Edinburgh uh, Borough uh, winger fullback. He was like when I played rugby twenty, he was like my first pro that I got, and I scored a bunch of tries with him. So I'm excited to see him play in MLR. It's one of those situations where it's like played you on a video game. I get to watch you on the pitch. Awesome. <laughs> Um, you know but they've lost uh, uh pieces as well. Sean McNulty's gone to the Guillotines, Ben Landry uh, is out. Um uh, uh Miskill the Missile, uh, he's over in France now. Uh Timothy Guillemin is with Rooney, which is actually Guillemin went to Nola. Uh, so there there has been a lot of change in terms of their personnel. Um their time in MLR hasn't been, you know, the best. They've got a record of 1 and 4, so it's not great. They came out storming, beat Rooney, that crazy uh, Las Vegas game and never really recovered. Um, They've also lost uh, Tog Leader and uh, Liam Steele, who were two really big pieces of their uh, back line. I mean, Tog is uh, pursuing a uh, um, kicking uh, job in professional American football, and Liam uh, apparently has a season-ending injury, and he's just staying in New Zealand. So, you know, wish those two the best. They've got pieces. They definitely have the, you know, they definitely have pieces and that's obvious, you know, um, Kinsuke, uh, Hatsumiana, uh, Maya, uh, Yama, holy moly, uh, prop from Japan, multiple caps was part of the 2015, uh, bright miracle, um, against the Springboks. You know, they've got captain G, uh, Josh Larson, from Canada. So uh, it's great to see him pull that on again. Um, uh, Jack Ram from Tonga is going to be so much fun to watch. It just seems to me that other than, you know, a few guys, there's going to be a lot of who's going to be the game breaker for this team. You know, they got Bolden Waka and Dougie Fife and uh, uh, Wakanda Bo, uh, that's a Fijian that they signed as well. But like, they don't, it doesn't look like they're going to have the strongest scrum, uh, which is going to be hard at set piece time. Um, and do they have the finishers to make it happen? You know, that is going to be the biggest problem uh, in my eyes for them. Um, you know, maybe Ryan Martin pulls from his Otago experience and, and really uh, lets them have a creative kind of flow with their, with their game. And again, having so many guys that have Mitre 10 experience, is going to bring a different flair to this team. But um, if I go back and I look at their, their, you know, their plus minus last season, um, it was minus 19. So, you know, again, that's what happens when you lose. Um, I just don't see them being able to compete with the Nolas, the, the arrows, the Roonies of the, uh, the, the year. That being said, we have spent a lot of time talking about what they're doing within their business and, and developing their academy program. The best academy program in the league. Like they are so um, passionate about making this run and they're so ambitious about it. It's only going to breed um, success. And, you know, they've got, you know, Patrick Chun and, and we've mentioned Nate Ebner as owners. I think that they, they've got a really great team set up and I know the fans there are hungry for rugby uh, since they haven't had a home game yet I just don't think that this year is going to be the year for them Rugby ATL are uh, the, the Toronto Arrows uh, tenants or landlords, landlords. Yeah, so that makes more exactly. sense
1: there we go so, yeah, so the landlords um, but first of all I feel like I forgot to mention Kakabalavu and Fuatai when I was talking about Rooney so those are also two pretty big names that they have and I just feel bad that I didn't do that um so moving on anyways rugby ATL um two Canadians obviously Matt Heaton Connor Keys Matt Heaton co-captain um he I mean he's as as rugby ATL points out a lot. he's the rugby Canada player of the year um Heaton is one of the premi- the one of the premier open side flankers in major league rugby uh he's all over the pitch um you know on the offensive side of the ball and on the defensive side um so like yeah he's a key cog he's going to start unless he can't for some reason. Um Connor Keys uh at lock, you know, it looked like he he hurt his leg in the um silver versus black um inter squad game. Um so that that's interesting. He didn't play in the exhibition game against Utah. So hopefully he's back soon. I think though for Keys kind of looking at you know rugby ATL's lock situation with Marno Redalingheis and um Johan momson in you know how good they performed last year and stuff and it's like I think keys Keys I think is in a little bit of a battle for like playing time with those two guys. Um I think rugby ATL as a whole is is a pretty is a pretty stacked um is a pretty stacked squad. Um so it's yeah uh, like I like the way that you know Scott Lawrence has built the team. I like you know the way they kind of they kind of it, it's interesting because I think there's something to be said versus like Dan, like what we were just talking the team. We were just talking about in new England free Ajax, where there's a ton of turnover. Um, I think there's something to be said for teams that are kind of like, these are the guys that we want. And this is the program that we're going to build. And I think Scott Lawrence kind of taking a lot of, you know, what he built at life university and kind of growing it up into major league rugby. Um, I love that strategy of it. They brought in, you know, more life university guys, like, like Ryan Reese and Damon Torres this year as well. Um, obviously a lot of their, you know, they have a lot of new additions to Bautista as Cura, um, you know, the former Puma, that's going to be, you know, he can combine with like, say Robbie Petzer in the centers. He can play a little bit of fly half, um, they you know they also brought in uh Jonas Petrakopoulos from uh Rooney Connor Cook Rob as i already mentioned Robbie Petzer and, um you know coming over from the raptors um so it's like they're taking like the core that they already have and they're like just being like we just got to add a little piece here and there um and that's what i i really do like about this team Um, Te Rangatira Wakoda as well like that's a nice fullback addition coming over um, from New Zealand as well Um, I think ultimately kind of looking at the team though the one thing that I kind of I think that's the one image that kind of sticks out to me um, from last year is that is just kind of the arrows running them over um, with with the scrum right and I, I just kind of wonder if you know they upgraded at that position at, and in that style enough i think their back line is unreal i mean you have um gauss that's a new addition as well Gauss like coleman davidson their draft picks um the draft pick John scotty um like i said you can have um cura uh, uh jeremy misalagu as well in, you know, in the center as well, or Petzer as like, you can kind of mix and match. You can have versatile guys throughout your lineup. Um, I think Coleman is one of the best fly halves in MLR. And now you can combine that with uh, uh, Gow's and that's like a nice little South African nine, 10 combination. Um, so like, I think that, I think they have a good, they have a really good back row. If you were to look at like Heaton, Connor cook, um, Ross Deacon, or Jason Dom, um, like there's the, the it's a really good team. It's it's like there's not like a whole lot of necessarily holes in the team. It's just I do, I do kind of wonder, like, especially watching the preseason game with Utah, where like Paul Mullen just had a field day and was just like penalty after penalty. And it's like, uh, you know, when you end up with in a matchup against say NOLA or Toronto or even the Free Jacks, um, like can your scrum compare and can your scrum match up? And I think as we all kind of know in a lot of major league rugby so far, it's like your scrum kind of is, I guess, what feeds the wolf a little bit, right? So it's like, if, if your scrum's good, you're probably good. If your scrum's not good, you're probably struggling in the standings a little bit. Um, so I think there's your timer. Oof, all right. So I, I mean, ultimately I just, I'm like, scared me. Has, the scrum, has the scrum improved? Um, I think that's the biggest question. Um, I do appreciate them opening the doors to the Toronto Arrows and being accommodating landlords, which I'm sure will go coincide with them just being like here guys, free bonus point victory. Welcome to our house. <laughs> I'm sure that probably won't happen, but ultimately like I like what they've, I like what they've done. Um, I like that, you know, they just, they just, you know, kind of add in the pieces that they need to fill those holes where they need to see fit. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a good roster top to hop the bottom. It's just like, I'm not, I'm not sure how confident I feel seeing like the way the game against Utah completely
0: went, even though they won that game. <laughs> what? All right. Well, we're going to finish it off with, uh, with Stu. And you are going to give us a little preview of old glory DC.
2: Yes. So what, only five games under their belt in terms of MLR. And it didn't really start off too well, as we mentioned before, the uh, 13 to 46 loss to Nola goal, but then they were, you know, they were providing strong results, a shock win at the time against the defending champion, Seattle, uh, then wins against Houston and Austin in the Texas double. And then, uh, back home for a final victory against ATL before the season was uh, perspe- well, cancelled until this week. We've got a few big uh additions to um the forwards, including Jamie Diva or Deva. I'm sorry if I don't pronounce that wrong. Oh, I've butchered
0: uh, enough names tonight. You're fine.
2: Hey, right. Uh, we got James King, a hooker, Jack Carroll, another prop, uh, Stephen Longwell, another prof, um. David Beach and Casey Renau, locks, and both from the MLR Draft. Uh, Mungo Mason as flanker. Nick Mearsham as a flanker as well. Um, f- featured guests on the show, Luke Campbell, number eight. Uh, Matt Gordon as a flanker. Danny Thomas as scrum half. Owen Sheehy as a fly half. Sam Cassano as a wing. And DeMonte Noble as a wing as well. And... Um, interesting to mention wings because the other Canadians on the teams are wings and centers and uh, another guest on the show uh, Doug Fraser and the one uh, mustache Canadian that we haven't had from old glory uh, Kieran Hearn but we'll get there we'll get there one day Um, there are a few uh, noted departures uh, Travis Larson has headed over to Legion. And of course, the big World Cup winner, Tendai the Beast Umtoreira, has announced his retirement from the sport. So unfortunately, won't be able to see him play. But we're also not going to be able to see them play at Cardinal Stadium, which is also part of the Catholic University of America campus, and that seemed to have been the issue with hosting at a university because of the um, restrictions that university was putting in place. So this year, going forward, they will be playing at Segre Field, which technically isn't actually in Washington. It's in Leesburg, Virginia. It, from what and from what the owners have said, it is the bit of a drive to get there. But they were thinking about um, accessibility because of COVID and knowing that this would be the only option they would have to be able to have fans at the game. Um, one, of the benefit is it's a single-use field, so there's not going to be um, all those lines that were on at Cardinal Stadium or for. Um, the Arrows fans similar to like Lamport Stadium so none of the extra lines to confuse people and there has been a bit of a question mark over Old Glory's success because they do say they have the four wins but two of them were against teams that were always struggling which was Houston and Austin in 2020. Um, Another win came against Atlanta which was one of the other expansion sides and then Seattle, which at the time was a shock win, but we now know was part of a pattern that uh, Seattle had. Uh, maybe their seawall wasn't as strong as it once was. That said, I still think they are going to be one of the teams to beat Their um, the back line. Um, so their wingers, their centers and the fullbacks are all big guys and they're all fast guys as well. And usually it's big guy or fast guy. Oh, nice phone. Oh, so, so to have big and fast in uh, the back line is going to be very intimidating for other teams. Will they be able to repeat the sex? The sex? The success? Sorry, <laughs> of the uh, final four games from twenty twenty. Well, here's hoping. Maybe not against Toronto, but here's hoping. Yeah, and I,
0: and I think that um, Doug uh, Wilkie uh, kind of tweeted us saying, like, "Do you think that the Eastern Conference is stronger than the Western Conference?" Oh, and
2: absolutely.
0: In paper, but like the, the other problem is again, three of those teams have only played five games.
2: No, so, that's
0: fair. I think that's a fair thing, but it's it's. it's but also on it, paper, they're they're heck of a lot stronger. And if we go based on last season, know, that might
1: also be the the problem too. Is, is like I've I've seen Houston play a lot of games, and I know I know that
0: <laughs> we've <laughs> seen Houston yeah. and Austin. Yeah, I've seen uh, we've seen in Utah. We've yeah. seen how they play. Yeah, that's fair. It's yeah, it's Austin will be good this year, though. As we move Austin forward. should be good this year. Yeah, after seeing how they played. Yeah, yeah, guys. Well, let's uh let's start making our predictions for how this season going to turn out um predictions for the east who is going to be your best newcomer who do you go first well,
2: there are a lot of there are a lot of new names in the east uh, to say the least that rhymed um but i am going to and i know this may come across as a shock to you but i'm gonna have to go with a toronto signing um and in a league that is now taking in a lot of experienced players and um, you know, having positive receptions of being in MLR has been one of the factors that this player has signed. I believe, to my knowledge, this is the first signing for Toronto that's more than one year. Um, and you know, they say that you're utility back, but they've also have an incredible record, including. Um, being the recipient of Try of the Year award by World Rugby, so I think the best newcomer will be Joaquin Tuchullet.
1: I mean, yeah, that's fair. Um, that's that's, <laughs> that's a difficult one to argue with.
2: Um,
1: I went. I, I I. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to. I guess we're gonna. We're all gonna sound super homerish at the during this segment. I won't. I am not going. Oh, be. nice, nice. All right. Well. Um, my pick, actually, I'm going to go, I went back to the, uh, the rookie of the year route. Sorry. So sorry, Tukle, you're going to be awesome, but not a rookie, um, not a true rookie anyways. Um, I'm going with, uh, Siaki Vikilani. Um, just because everything I hear about this kid is that he's absolutely unreal, probably better than what you should be at 19 years old. I know he's got a little bit of an injury that he's dealing with to start the season, but I mean, I know like there's a lot of big name arrow signings this year, but he's probably the one that I'm most excited to see actually hit the pitch It's because I kind of want to see, see what the hype is about. Right. So, you know, maybe, maybe he's the guy that, you know, when Ardron retires, he can uh, take that, that agency away from him. Um, Maybe I'm super bold in saying that, and maybe it's far too soon to say that, but
0: there's only one way to find out, which is probably to watch the uh, major league rugby season. Um, Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sticking with the team that I did all my research for. Um, and I kind of already mentioned him cause of rugby 20, but I'm really excited to see what Dougie Fife can do in the, in, in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a sevens player. Who's not afraid to get into contact, which is great. You sometimes see sevens players that transition into 15s and they tend not to do well with the high balls and, and the contact and, and, you know, he's also had experience with Edinburgh. So, you know, he's got pro 14 experience. Um, so I'm excited to see what Dougie's going to do. I'm fired up for him. All right, guys, who's going to be the best Canadian in the East?
1: And There's only a couple to pick from in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. <laughs> Just a handful. I, ooh, that, yeah. So the East is obviously loaded with Canadians um, for one reason in particular is that 27 of them play for the Toronto Arrows. Um, and then you have a handful on across all of the other teams in the league. Um, my pick for this is going to be Ben Lasage. Um, I think he's going to be absolutely vital for the Toronto Arrows in the center. I think he's one of the best offensive centers in Major League Rugby as far as his tackling ability, his ability to you know, co- like just cover cover kicks that are coming his way, cover you know, just shift down the line, make sure there's no holes. It's really like it's really tough to catch Ben Lasage missing a tackle. Um, so I'm going to pick him. And I'm going to pick him in order to do that. And I think like, I don't think we actually, we necessarily, I think in 2015, I think we just got like a small taste of his actual offensive ability. He made some slick passes that set up fries um, yeah. so he can get a couple of his own this year. Obviously this season's going to be a little bit longer. And uh, you know what? Also, if DTH Vandermeer says he can play in the premiership, that's good enough for me. I believe DTH <laughs> Vandermeer because he has a pretty good rugby resume. Um, so I'm going to go with Ben Lasage.
0: Uh yeah, I'm also gonna go with Ben Lasage. All right, I'm gonna change it to Matt Keaton now. No <laughs> stop. We can agree on something for once. Yeah. Um, no, I I think you kind of pointed at it. We only kind of just started seeing that the the cusp of his creativity again, guys, guys. With Dan Moore,
1: no bias on this podcast, none at all. Matt Keaton's a really good player too.
0: Um, you only kind of saw near you know the last couple games that 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 partnership he was building with Dan Moore. Um, so I'm
2: excited to see what he what he can do. There's a reason why I said we should pick a Canadian and pick a non arrows Canadian. No, because I also pick Ben Lasage. No, ah, <laughs> there you go. Well, then, um, wow, that's cool. you know.
1: wow. All right. So the reason why I, the guy was so, on the podcast once and now we all think
2: he's the MVP
0: because we got to talk about books. I'm very passionate uh, yeah. about books. Right.
2: Um, but my non arrows Canadian is someone who's also been on the podcast and that is Doug Fraser. I've um gone over like the highlights of uh DC to uh, prep for what I was talking about. And yeah, he not only is he like the trifactory for DC um last year and beautiful uh cross field kick uh against Nola Gold to Pin it down with no obstruction at all. I thought that was amazing to watch. And that was in the, what would argue be the worst game in a uh, DC's short history in an MLR. But he has great defensive efforts as well. And because I think like, that's the one issue is that you think of wingers and you think of, uh, oh, pass them the ball, they'll run in and score the try. But as has been shown is that you need to have like, a good defensive tact as well. And uh, Doug definitely has that, so he's my non-arrows uh, all right.
1: Canadian. All right, so we get we got Fraser Heaton from me, Dan. You're not non-arrow Canadians, and Stu was clearly right. We should have done this. I'm surprised we <laughs> all went with
2: Ben Lesage, though, because that didn't... is pretty impressive. I uh, mean, I mean, when DTH says, "Yeah, oh, exactly. he's too good for MLR," I think that's kind of saying something. That weighed, I know that weighed a lot. Eh? Yeah.
0: I'm really excited to see what uh, Josh Larson's going to do with with New England again. I'm sticking with the the Free Jacks um captain again he's just one of those guys that just does all of the gritty dirty stuff that you expect from a lock especially after watching um the uh, Ian henderson's performance against scotland he did all the dirty work and led to the 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 winning penalty and i think that josh larson is of the same ilk he works hard and he is going to you know uh have a big season I think for for um the free jacks as captain. And guys who is going to be your MVP this season in the East.
2: You when guys you want to go first? Yeah 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 go right, okay. um
0: I think that uh it's gonna be someone from NOLA and I think it's gonna be JP Duplessis. Okay. I think that he had a huge impact on um on San Diego's dominance in the West the last couple years. And he had a short stint playing with Ma Nanu. I think that he's going to take all of that rich experience that he's gotten in MLR and he's going to come over and play with a team that just loves to cause chaos. And I think he is going to do very well for himself this year. Kind of think of, think of, um, Oh god, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Australian blonde, played for Nola, he like destroyed the league Tristan. in 2019. Tristan, Tristan Blewett. He's the second coming of Tristan Blewett. It. Like it's gonna he's gonna be the talk of the league. That's how confident I am.
1: I also actually went I was also actually thinking Nola too. Um, my pick was going to be Cam Dolan. Um obviously, it's try scoring machine. I think with their scrum as you kind of, like, they're going to, he's going to get a lot of opportunities with some in-tight eight-man picks. Um, And obviously, like, you know, he's just an animal on both sides of the ball. Uh, Such a fun player to watch. You know, that, again, though, I might be contingent on, like, provided he can actually play the whole season, if he's got to leave halfway through it to go uh, do some Eagles duty, probably won't be the MVP. But um, (laughs) if he's playing the whole year, then uh, I think Dolan, Dolan will be the guy. I mean, he was at the top, and like, he has the breakdown steals. He scores tries. He does everything that you want your eight man to do. Um, so, key cog on that team, and I, I, I think uh, he's going to be in for another
2: great year here. I also went with Cam Dolan because oh, wow. all right, um, because like, well, for everything you just said, but now that you mentioned that the fact that because it completely skipped my mind that. The U.S. Uh, could be playing tests against the Lions and the Springboks, and you do make a good point that if he's not there for, you know, half the season, can he be the MVP? I would then say that uh, second choice to being MVP is another um, Eagles-capped player, and but from uh, DC, and that is Threaten Palamo.
0: As a, as a, he's a beast. So yeah. That's a great choice.
1: I, 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 just for sake of argument, because how did how did we go through all of that and then none of us picked an arrow to be MVP? Um, but just to because see, when the entire team fly, is an MVP, fly. it's rude yeah, exactly to just pick one out. Arrow's MVP. Pick a pick a player. Arrow's MVP this year. So I think we've Adams. already meant I think we've already mentioned T- Taylor Adams. Said, oh, <laughs> that- Ben we said best Canadian. Who's it, that, no, I think I think clear. Taylor
0: Adams is going to have to be the MVP this season. See, I think it's gonna be Thomas
1: Della Vega. I think Thomas De La Vega mm. isn't isn't the wasn't the biggest name signing from the twenty twenty off season, but I think he was the best signing from the twenty twenty off season. And I think he, that already shone through with uh, his work in the line out and the leadership and stuff in his team. Mm-hmm. So I think Ar- arrows mvp finishing if cam dolan does go to the eagles the league mvp um would be tommy Della Vega in my mind
2: in that case then mine would be from the arrows uh manuel diana nice. who i think was the signing for uh 2020 and after rumors that he may be going to bristol i'm glad he's uh, sticking down in the uh the great night no- the great white north even though it's been relocated to uh Atlanta, but
0: uh, the deep south, the great Line yeah. north and deep south. All right, guys, two so extremes
2: of latitude and longitude. <laughs> let's do our
0: our uh rankings, our preseason rankings going into uh the season. So, who, Derek, why don't you start? Give right. us your 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 so why not?
1: when we were talking about a few minutes ago or whatever about you know, is the east better than the west? And the reason I say the East is better than the West, because I think the East is a lot tighter than the West. And I think as weird as it might sound, I think you can make, I will listen to anybody make an argument that any one of these six teams wins the conference. And at the same time, I think you can listen to anybody make an argument that any of these six teams finishes last in the conference. Um, And there's going to, it's, it's going to be tight um we'll see how the season we'll see how the season goes um so it it, but I think there's so much just randomness I think this is is, I think it's the east I think is going to be a bloodbath like Mm -hmm. it's just I don't I don't necessarily think someone's going to run away with it I don't like I don't necessarily think someone's going to run away with it I think it's going to be tight between all 06 I feel like you know, the teams in the West, the two playoff teams in the West, I feel like you're going to win the West. I feel like the two teams in the East are going to survive the East um, and then have to go play. Probably, you know, like maybe possibly smash the Western Conference champion in the final. Um, But so with because of that, I don't even know if I feel like going like ranking them. I'm going to say Toronto NOLA. They make the playoffs. Everyone else ties for third.
0: <laughs> All right. What do you what do you think, Stu?
2: Uh, I'm going to echo those sentiments. I think the West is going to be decided on points and the East is going to be decided on point difference. I can see more than one team finishing with uh, the same score. And then it going to be down to how many points are scored or how many tries have been scored. It's, it's going to be far narrower. And I think that may, as Derek said, set up the um, East to be the champions for 2021. Um, But I'm actually going to do a ranking. So I would say in sixth, I would put New England. I mean, even, Dan, you've mentioned that going through it, you don't think it's like the strongest names to have out there against, especially what we've been, all the other teams that we've mentioned. Um, Fifth, uh, Atlanta. Uh, Fourth, I would say Rooney. Uh, third and just missing out on the playoffs. I think this is the issue as well is that because this year it's just the top two, and you gotta be great. Well, previous year it would have been the top three, and then doing it that way, I think may have made it more interesting, but it is what it is. I would say then, second is Nola, and top of the rankings would be Toronto.
1: See, I because I think I think one of you guys did this last week too. It's like, how do you pick an MVP and then not have his team make the playoffs?
0: You can have a great individual season and still not make. It's the Connor McDavid yeah. discussion. Yeah, a Connor player McDavid's doesn't to make the team. season. Uh-huh. Yeah, make yeah, the he, that's not that's not the MVP is most valuable. That's most valuable.
1: That's true. It's most valuable. And Sam Windsor might be the MVP. Yeah. yeah. What does what does Houston do? Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. Un- until they 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 create, you know, until we differentiate who's the top sc- try scorer, you know, point getter, you know, like, uh, yeah. Anyways, um, I've got the Free Jacks in sixth, Old Glory in fifth, Rugby ATL fourth, um, Rooney in a really close third, the Arrow second, and Nola first. Uh, I think we might be coming down to a last week oh, matchup like in 2019 where the arrows have to drop gold their way back into the playoffs. Um, it's going to be tight. It'll it's going to be tight. It'll be. Everything considered that we talked about the arrows, I think it's going to have a big play into it. All right, guys. Well, let's finish up with our week one predictions. Um, this is going to be very, very exciting. We get the first week of MLR. We get to make predictions. Woohoo! <laughs> right. back. nola home versus dc who do you guys have
1: nola 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 that's... especially i think especially like as a weird part of this is because they have played preseason games so they can kind of get it you know they kind of got back into it dc unfortunately had their games canceled and also like nola smashed dc last year so i think that's playing a little bit of a factor into it um so yeah nola
0: San Diego versus Rooney.
2: San Diego.
1: I? You know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a little upset out the gate. I'm going to
0: see. I'm going to pick Rooney. Ooh, okay. I'm keeping this for sake of knowing who is wrong, who is right. Yeah, no, we're keeping track of this. Oh, we're keeping track of this. We did that last year. Uh, LA versus New England. I'm saying LA, LA.
1: Ah, uh, it's man. That's I think this is this is a, such a fascinating game, um, just because it's LA's first one in the Coliseum too. They put some videos up in the Coliseum too. It looks sweet. The Gilkens stuff
2: in it. I will say that uh, New England do have a good track record in open air stadiums in their <laughs> first week. So,
1: um. Just because Stu said they would finish last, I'm going to pick New England. I also said it, too. Well, <laughs> just I just want to get this team that you said would finish last off to a good start. Okay, hey, Rugby right. ATL hosting the Arrows. I think we can all. Rugby ATL and the Arrows, both the home teams, technically, weirdly. No, the they are the not. Mm-hmm. Tell that to the schedule, Stu. Who do you got? Thing- Does the winner of this game get, like, the bigger room? Like, does the, you know, more time with the TV and stuff? I
2: don't know. I I think it's going to be a close game, probably closer than this fixture last year, but I'm going to go with the Arrows as well.
0: You know, it's hard. Like, you just talked about it with with DC. They didn't have any – the Arrows didn't have any pre-games other than their own.
1: Yeah, and Atlanta did. But you know what what. I did
0: see in that Atlanta game was a
1: team with a, with a uh, pretty good scrum kind of uh, did some damage to them too. So um, arrows are, arrows are all scrum men. So um, uh, you know what? I mean, realistically, are we like, come on, are we at, we're like, Dan, are you pretending you're going to pick against the arrows with that comment there? No, Uh, no, no. I'm picking Toronto. Oh no, exactly. Why are we having this conversation? This isn't the ATL podcast. All right.
0: Moving (laughs) on then. Moving on. Uh, Houston home to Seattle. Who are you guys picking?
2: Seattle. Actually, I'm. Picking? I'm not entirely sure now, now that uh, the announcement that uh, Stoller and Kotsia have left. Okay, I'll know, I'm. I'm going to pick the wild card. I'm going to pick Houston. Oh, nice.
0: nice hey, who's picking Houston? Okay, and the last game of the week is Austin versus. Uh, Utah, I'm picking Austin all the way. Go go Aegis. Derek. I I gotta
1: go Austin on this one too. Um hopefully yeah. Hassler, hopefully Hassler's back. But hopefully Hassler's Hassler's back. Yeah.
2: And Stu, who are you picking? Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Austin as well, especially after their performance against LA.
1: So what do we got here? Two two new new nan- or three unanimous games? No Nola one. Nola, Toronto,
0: and Austin, the three unanimous yep. games all right yes Stu and i seem to be uh uh, on the same oh no that's not true well guys this is it we are we are only a few days away from major league rugby and if you guys want to listen to more of our our previews we did the western conference last week we've been interviewing the players for the past couple months leading into it talking about preseason, whole bunch of other things Uh, So feel free to look back on YouTube on uh, all the podcast uh, platforms to find more of our episodes. Give us a review. Let us know how you're, how you're, how you're enjoying it or if you're not enjoying it. Uh, And you know what? Let us know how excited you are. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Let us know how how you're getting fired yourself up. What are you guys doing for your, 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 your first arrow game of the season? Let us know. I'm, I am fired up about this guys.